I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Think the Bucs have quarterback issues? You should see what's going on in New York. We'll talk about both situations as well as look at the college football playoff bracket and catch up on the Lightning as they try to snap a two-game losing streak. All that on this edition of the Rick and Tom Podcast. Everybody, Tom Jones, Rick Stroud, Tampa Bay Times. Our producer is Steve Versnick. And Rick, Jameis returns. We're expecting... uh, How shocked would would you be if Jameis Winston does not play this Sunday? I'd be surprised. I mean, I guess that would mean that one of two things happen. He, you know, he didn't respond from the rehab. He was sore, uh, and we don't know that since you know that took place on Monday. Or if he goes out there, uh, you know, and is unable to throw without some pain or, or can't make certain throws, because they're going to evaluate not just the fact that he's throwing again, but how how he looks and how he feels. But look, like they've given this um, a good, you know, three weeks off as far as. The games go really. It'll be four weeks by the time he plays again, and uh, you know he's had the the you know the PRP uh, injections and and a lot of things where and he's not been allowed to throw even a ball. So I'm sure he feels really good. Uh, I don't know you know how quickly you know your arm starts to hang if you start throwing again and just normally. But uh, I I would be very surprised if he isn't the quarterback uh, Sunday in Green Bay. So you and I were talking about this before the pod, before the pod, we recorded this podcast, and we were talking about sort of what does this all mean for Dirk Cutter? We were both trying to figure out, and I go back and forth on it, Rick. Let's say Jameis comes back and he's, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's sort of healthy, uh, healthy enough to get out there and play, but um, but still, you know, maybe not the Jameis that we're all used to seeing. And I'm not sure if that helps Dirk's cause to come back next season or doesn't help. I'm of the belief, and maybe you disagree with me, I'm of the belief right now, Rick, that the Glazers aren't sure what, whether Dirk Cutter or not is coming back or not. I think a lot of teams in the league already know. Like, if you ask the New York Giants, we'll get into that in a minute. I can't imagine Ben McAdoo's coming back. And I think the Giants already know that. I think there are certain coaches out there, they already know they're going to get fired. Or, in the case of, say, Jason Garrett in Dallas, Jerry Jones has already pretty much said he wants to bring him back. I don't know that the Glazers have made that decision yet. I think a lot will depend on what happens in these last five games. And I'm not sure whether Jameis's health and is, is a good thing for Dirk or a bad thing. I, I can't get my brain around this part. Well, I mean, having covered this team since they've owned it and, and even before, but particularly with the Glazers, you know, their, um, their track record is to decide pretty quickly. Um, and, they sometimes they do want all the information, and quite frankly, sometimes they make up their minds before the season is over. I mean, one of the, one of the biggest stories that we've ever had uh, with the Buccaneers was you know the Glazers having a signed contract with Bill Parcells two weeks before Tony Dungy coached his last game. Yeah, and and when you think about that for a second, you know Tony Dungy, the guy that brought them from the abyss, you know, into perennial playoff teams, and here they were going back door and you know, making an agreement with, you know, the tuna, the big kahuna uh, of coaching. And, 
you know, and, and because that was exposed uh, and other reasons, I think, I think it sort of blew up the deal um, because he got such pushback. But so maybe they learned their lesson or maybe, um, you know, you have to be stealth about these things and proactive. But, but I don't know that they've made up their mind. I don't know that they haven't. Um, but I, I think that with respect to Dirk, he still has five games, right? And let's assume that Jameis is able to play all five at a relatively healthy, you know, state or healthier state. Right. I think that, you know, how he performs, how the team responds, um, and and maybe more importantly, how many wins they get will go a long way in determining whether this is something they want to continue. Because if you accept that, you know, we've said this before, two and two, uh, Jameis has one of the top, you know, passing offenses in the league. Um, came close, probably should have beaten New England except for bad kicking. Um, and and then he goes down and trails 24 to nothing and gets hurt, okay? So if you accept that he's hurt, let's just say you say, you know what, I know he played, he wasn't right, probably shouldn't have played, and the proof of that is the doctors stopped him. They, they, they shut him down. So if you accept that, that he's coming back and he's healthier now, that he's healthy enough to play and not have pain, then now you have to look at these five games as if everything's normal. You know, Jameis is healthy. Now, they're going to have injuries on the offensive line. They're going to have a lot, a lot of people missing. But predominantly, you know, and I don't know Doug Martin's status, but they didn't start the season with Doug Martin. But you still have, you know, you have Mike Evans. You have Deshaun Jackson. You have, uh, uh, you know, O.J. Howard. You have Cam Brait. There is no reason now to think these next five games isn't a good picture of what Dirk Cutter's offense is with Jameis Winston and what Jameis Winston can mean not just to the offense but to the whole team. I'm looking at this remaining five games, though, Rick, and let's say they go two and three, two, which mm-hmm. is probably reasonable, a reasonable mm-hmm. expectation if you have Jameis mm-hmm. Winston because you have good teams left. You're going to have to play Atlanta again. That's going to be a tough game. Carolina yeah. on the road, that's going to be a tough game. Presumably that'll They're mean all something tough. to Carolina. All tough. Yeah, New Orleans is a tough team. Detroit's a tough team. Then Green Bay, oddly enough, the, the game that, at the, the beginning of the schedule, when the schedule yeah. came out, that looked like the hardest game on the schedule, and now yeah. it might be the most winnable game of the five. Let's say they find a way to pull out two of these games, and they go two and three, and Jameis plays mm-hmm. okay. They end up going six and ten at that point, mm-hmm. and right. six and ten, you think, okay, six and ten, we had didn't have our starting quarterback healthy at all for three for, games. For three, but you won and, two of them. But you won two of them, right? And you would think that if Jameis had been healthy, that you would still won two of them at least. And he wasn't healthy for another however many games we don't four. know that he was. Yeah, four. So, okay, six and ten, and you basically for four games, and all oh four and losses, four. by the way. Oh, and four, oh, yeah. Right. At that point, I, I wonder if the Glazers look at it and say, you know what, we'll give Jameis a pass on this, or give uh, Dirk a pass on this, because Jameis was banged up, and that's good enough to keep his job next season. I have a gut feeling, Rick, that he's going to come back next season, unless they just completely crap themselves these last five games. Yeah, let me ask you this question, though. Um, not knowing the status of Jameis as we sit here today with respect to this investigation, Good. does this in any way uh, help or hurt Dirk Cutter in that there's a real possibility, I think, uh, I might be totally wrong, and I know Jameis has professed his innocence, uh, and perhaps the investigation will show that he is correct without any doubt whatsoever, but this is not about due process. 
Um, it wasn't with Ezekiel Elliott. It wasn't with Tom Brady. It's just merely discipline, okay? Right. So so let's assume, for the, the sake of this argument, that you have a reasonable expectation. He may miss a month to start next year. Okay. Or you may have to go through a process where, you know, you appeal, and at some point he, he has to take a disciplinary uh, pause. But regardless, you're, you know, you, you could be without your starting quarterback. Does that – does that make you more inclined to stick with Dirk Cutter and let him run his offense with a Ryan Griffin or whomever they, they deemed as the backup um, and then get Jameis back? Or uh, do you say, you know what, we're not, we may not have the quarterback. What are we selling? Um, right. You know, and, and would, it be, would it be less attractive for a major candidate like a John Gruden if he was inclined to come back and coach and they wanted to ask him? If he, if he knew he wasn't perhaps going to have his starter the first month of the season. I mean, all these things are interesting to me, and yet no one really is going to have the answer until, like, maybe next August. You know the Glazers, Rick, as well as anybody, and at least the way they operate. And yeah. I, have, I have a sense that, that next year, the, the first four games, whether or not he's suspended or not, doesn't make a difference at all to the Glazers. Nope. They, either they think Dirk Cutter's the guy or they don't think he's the guy. But mm-hmm. would it be incredibly unfair to ask, say, let's just say it's John Gruden, to come in and and coach a team that's going to be missing its starting quarterback for the first four games? Yeah. And in a lot of ways, I think it might help Dirk Cutter. But again, I, I don't know, maybe you disagree with me, but I don't. Th- I don't think. I don't even know if it matters to the Glazers that that whether Jameis is there or not on what whether or not they fire Dirk Cutter. But I. I think it would be. I would look at it and say, you know what, I'm going to stick with Dirk Cutter because he had a good enough year last year at nine and seven, and I'm not going to put a new coach into a bad situation to start next season. Yeah, I think. I think the biggest um, thing that Dirk has going for him probably is that if you're the Glazers and you you know you blew out Lovey Smith and you went to Dirk Cutter because you felt that he would be the best head coach and that there would be continuity with your quarterback. Um, and he won nine games. And so he sort of validated your decision. Um, you know, they hadn't had a winning season since 2010. So if, if you think he's that guy, he's that coach, and you like his staff and you like Mike Smith, who you just re-signed, to a pretty enormous deal, from what I understand. What has changed? Um, well, the record changed. The quarterback was out. You still won two games without him out of three, which is pretty darn good. It hadn't happened, you know, in in the league this year. I mean, if you take aside from Deshaun Watson and um, you know who who essentially became the de facto starter after week one and uh, Case Keenum. There really hasn't been a guy win more than a couple, more than one game or so as a backup this year in the entire league. So you you have the faith in Cutter. You, he's proven he can win with his quarterback. Things just got off to a really bad start. And then I wonder how much they look at the other side and say, well, you know, the defense. I mean, this defense, Tom, is Lovey Smith bad. It is, it is 30 points a game on the road bad. Um, and yet, you know, Lovey didn't get a hall pass because they didn't have any draft picks rushing the passer. Mm-hmm. You know, they had mm-hmm. bad free agents rushing the passer. He didn't get a hall pass because their corners couldn't cover. They had bad corners covering. Mm-hmm. And, and they fired him for it. So I'm just wondering, like, you know, what are they going to say about this defense? And if, if they are going to give the coaches a break on this or Mike Smith, who they who are they paying and still owe money to? 
does that reflect on Jason Light? Are they saying, well, you know what? We didn't do a very good job of, of uh, drafting and, and uh, having guys and the resources to play. It was a bad plan. In other words, you know, one guy gets hurt, no expense, boom, we're done. It was a bad plan, Rick, because I look at this team right now, they can't rush the quarterback. Now, I know they've had some injuries up front, and that has to be taken into consideration. But, look, they swung and missed it so far. I, I'm not ready to give up on Vernon Hargraves, but it's Vernon Hargraves has not been very good this not season. Not trending up, I look at, is he? No. I look at this defense. I really like Gerald McCoy a lot. I really mm-hmm. like their, their linebackers a lot. And I like Brent Grimes a lot. And after mm-hmm. that, you can mm-hmm. have them. Now, Justin, uh, Evans, Justin like, Evans, he's shown, shown, some, he's shown some, yeah, 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 he's shown some promise, and and maybe that he's made this, help. Well, he's done what rookies do, which is also have as many bad plays at times as he has good right. plays. Right, but enough, there there have been enough good plays that I'm absolutely that he might have a future. Yes. But uh, no, I look, I I'm, I just don't think they have enough talent on defense. I I don't know that I'm that I'm saying that Mike Smith can't make this defense better, but I look at this defense, I just don't see enough players. And they can't get to the quarterback. I mean, that's all about that's talent. That's the key. Right that That yeah. is the whole key. Look, football hasn't changed, you know, from the youth level on. It, it really is a battle uh, in the trenches. And if you cannot affect a quarterback at this level, I don't care who it is, um, Brian Fitzpatrick or take the worst, you know, what you would deem the, you know, the worst quarterback playing today, whoever that is, He's going to light you up if he can sit there and pat the football. And that's really what has happened. The constant on this defense, the consistent inconsistency has been the fact that they, off the edge, cannot get anything done, cannot get the quarterback on the ground, and in most games can't even hit him. I mean, you know, the 15 sacks on the year, and Gerald McCoy has half of them, or the third of them, I'm sorry, has five, and he's a defensive tackle that's getting double teamed on most plays. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well... We'll find out more about Jameis on Wednesday. He's going to throw. Yeah. Uh, we're, mm-hmm. we're assuming that we'll have more of an a, a update on whether or not he'll be available for Sunday's game. We both think that he will, and, and certainly right. we'll discuss this more as the week goes on in terms of, of what this means for, for his the rest of his season and, and for Dirk Cutter's future as well, and Jason Light along, along with that. There is a quarterback, Rick, whose time in his particular city, or with his team anyway, appears to be over. This was stunning news today. Uh, or on Wednesday or on Tuesday, Eli Manning benched in fa- in favor of Geno Smith. It doesn't matter who he's benched in favor of, but we'll get into that part as well. Rick, Eli Manning's been in New York for 14 years. This two Super Bowls, clearly the by far the greatest quarterback in the history of that franchise. They're two and nine. It's not like they're not, they're not going anywhere. Why would you do this to a guy who's been nothing but a classy? Yeah quarterback for your franchise it's you're not saving your season i can't believe they're actually concerned that geno smith is their future why would you do this to a a guy who's a legend on your franchise it makes no sense it's the dumbest thing i think a team has done in a number of years and you know i think it does matter who they're putting in i think the fact that you're putting in geno's geno smith makes it worse yeah, um, that's true. I mean, I mean, in in the city of New York or in the New York area, including New Jersey, where MetLife Stadium is, there's one thing that people know: Geno Smith cannot play quarterback in the league. <laughs> and so the the notion that you would bench, uh, you know, a guy who's look, I think he's headed to the Hall of Fame, Pro Football I Hall d- of Fame. I agree, I do too. And, and he's a super two time Super Bowl MVP, um, and and to sort of suggest by benching him that, well, 
we need to move on or he is he is to blame or we have to hold him accountable for this mess is absurd. Uh, has he played well? No, no one has. Uh, and, you know, it's it just, you know, he, he has not missed a start in his career. This is the thing, Tom. This guy has, you know, he's he's the Brett Favre of his time right now. Yeah. I, I mean, 210 you know, starts, I think, something like that. Yeah. And, and if you think if you think that's not a big deal, I don't know if you saw the interview. And this guy, by the way, you know, most quarterbacks go to the podium every what certain days. And Eli's always been a guy that's available at his locker to anyone, always. Um, he was near tears. Yes. Uh, you know, he was so devastated by this. And what I'm wondering is, okay, so the coach has no clue. He's getting fired. Uh, he wants to try something. That's one thing. Where's Jerry? Where's the GM on this? And and furthermore, where's the where's the Mara family on this? I cannot imagine they would have made this move without consulting the Maris. There's you no couldn't. way, Rick. You ownership could not make had this. ownership had to approve this. That's had, correct, right? And here's That's the other correct. thing: I don't understand, Rick. I, I understand if you have a young quarterback. Say you drafted somebody as the heir apparent to Eli Manning. In other words, basically you're Aaron Rodgers to what Brett Favre used to be. Yeah, a quarterback say, in waiting. Quarterback yeah. in waiting, right? A young guy. Say you drafted. A, say you had uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Or... Jimmy Garoppolo. Exactly. Perfect example. You had Jimmy Garoppolo, and you're two and nine on the season. You know Eli Manning's not coming back next year, and you say, you know what? We need to find out what we have in Jimmy Garoppolo because if he can't play, then maybe we need to draft somebody in this draft. But that's not what they're doing. And you make a great point. It is worse that it's Geno Smith because the fact that you're playing a quarterback who has no chance to lead your franchise, all all you're doing is is is, is you're basically kicking out a, a legend out the door, and it's ruined everything as far wow. as a, a nice going away. He- Life is full of awesome what ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. He wasn't coming back. We know he wasn't coming back next year. I think Eli knew that. And I think everybody would have been cool with that. You just don't do it. This is an ugly way to do it, and I just don't get why. So we're certain that Eli wasn't coming back regardless? I think so. I think that they seemed like they were ready to move on. And I look, he may be done. And he felt like he was done as in New York for sure, but maybe even as a quarterback. Look, maybe he can go out to Denver and, and, and do what his brother yeah, right. did, yeah. do something like that. But I, it seemed like... They were, but they wanted to move on from Eli Manning, and and I have no problem with that. That it might have, it might have been the end of the year. It might be time to start looking for a new quarterback, but you don't do it this way. Uh, unless, in a, unless, unless, where are they at in the draft position right now? I mean, they're two and nine. So I mean, behind the Cleveland, like and, number and number San three, Francisco, right? maybe or yeah. Right, yeah, probably like in the certainly in the top five. But I would guess. So let's say, five. let's say you. One one of the top two, maybe three quarterbacks. You say there's two. Uh, look, this is a way to this is a way to help that process. I watched the Tampa Bay team. I'm telling you, with all due <laughs> respect to Lovey Smith, I'll say this to my dying days. Um, and it was uncomfortable even for players, I think, um, and certainly the coaches on that staff. But when they went into the final game. And they were guaranteed of either, you know, the number one overall or the number two overall pick, but that was not good enough for the Bucs uh, that year uh, in Lovey's, uh, after Lovey's first season in the final week. And 
they absolutely, they were playing New Orleans. Drew Brees kept throwing interceptions. They were going to win that game. They were up 10 points, and he emptied the bench. Um, I'm telling you, that was a tank. They wanted Winston. They didn't want Mariota. They wanted their choice, and and they absolutely, there should have been an investigation, man, and Las Vegas should have closed the books on that one because, you know, and I and and we're seeing this now, I think, I think you're going to see more of it in the NFL. Um, we've seen it in the NBA for years. But well, we saw it in baseball with the Houston Astros. That's to correct. To a certain extent, yeah. To a certain extent. And, and, I, and we I, may see it in Tampa Bay with the Rays pretty but if you're But if you're the New York Giants, the New York football Giants, if you're the football Giants and you know that Eli's days are over, um, and this, this is pretty much proof of that, so it's not about trying to win Sunday. Uh, it's about trying to get in a better position in the draft. But he still has enough pride and enough talent to maybe win you a game or two down the stretch. Yeah. What better thing to do than to go with Geno Smith, signal to the world that, uh, including your fan base, that we're moving on. But moving on to what? Well, you're moving on to somebody in that draft, and the only way to do that uh, is to try to lose more games. Quite frankly, and you can't and you can't publicly say that. Obviously, of course you can't not. come out and say your thing. But do you tell? Clearly, Eli Manning was caught off guard by this, and he was very upset by it. Do you sure. tell Eli Manning that, though? Do you say, look, Of Eli, course we're, not. We're, we're, you can't? No? You can't, you can't say we're tanking. Like, I mean. I think that's, why not? I, I mean, think it's tell, obvious to him. It should be obvious to him that, they've, that they're done with him. He seems devastated, though. He well, wouldn't you devast- be? You played your whole career in New York with the Giants. You won two Super Bowls there. Um, did you have a good year this year? No. But he's had, he's had some... Look, this is a terrible football team with a terrible coach. Um, I don't even know how much is on Eli Manning, to be honest with you. I don't right. I don't know. I mean, for the first three quarters of the season, you know, the head coach was calling the plays. Now it's Mike Sullivan. Right. Um, you know, so look, I Mike Sullivan was their was their coordinator when they won a Super Bowl or two. So I I don't know exactly how I haven't watched every Giants game. I know their offensive line has been a sieve. I know they can't run the football at all. And they have no um, receivers. Beckham's and, hurt. And, and every out. all I mean, three all, of, all three yeah. of their receivers went down. Shepard and and uh, or Shepard, yeah, it's sort of it. Yeah, like you mentioned, uh, and uh, you know, so look, and Marshall, there there is there Marshall, is really there is nothing that Eli can do with this group of players, and so it, 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 he is kind of being scapegoated. But it is is the, I mean, man, talk about treating a legend, kicking him to the curb. I mean, this is harsh. Well, you this bring up an brutal. interesting point, though. You bring up the, the tanking aspect of it is something I hadn't really thought about. And it's, there's just been an outrage. Oh, you know, Mike, Fran, Mike Francesa and I just absolutely torched the Giants organization. Welcome because up. Because Eli, Eli Manning's been a classy guy that whole time, and mm-hmm. seems like he deserves better. But. He does deserve better. College rankings are out, Rick. Uh, no surprise at the top. Clemson, number one, followed by Auburn at number two, Oklahoma at number three. And then your... On Wisconsin, Wisconsin. on Wisconsin, fight for victory. Did you have to learn the song before you proposed? Did you, when you went to her, when went to her, her dad and asked for her hand in marriage? Did you, uh, did you have to learn the Wisconsin fight song first? Well, listen, we talked about a lot of things. Uh, Wisconsin was not one of them. <laughs> did I assure come you. Up? I know. I had I had a whole carousel of baggage I was bringing with me to Chicago. <laughs> college college uh, affiliation was not one of them. 
But since um, then, since then, you've learned to become since a Since then, I've, I've had to become a Badger fan. And uh, we're going to be, how neat is this? We're going to be in Green Bay, Wisconsin. You and I will while, be there, yeah. While, while a bunch of crazy cheeseheads are watching uh, the Badgers play in Indianapolis for the Big Ten Championship. So I should leave my Buckeye hat at home? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Probably get yeah, beat I up think, here? I think you should. Well, okay, so Rick, the way it's, it goes now if these four teams went out, Clemson wins the ACC title, Auburn wins the SEC title against Georgia, Oklahoma wins the Big 12 title, and Wisconsin wins the Big 10 title, we're all set. That'll be yep. your final four teams. That's it. You'll have most likely Clemson versus Wisconsin, Auburn versus Oklahoma. That Those those numbers could change. Maybe somebody moves up or down or whatever. Um, yeah. Maybe Auburn actually moves up to number one again. But uh, those would be your four teams. What gets interesting is what happens if any of those teams lose – and looking at the college rankings right now, Alabama at number five, mm-hmm. Georgia at number six, Miami at number seven, Ohio State at number eight. I'm not sure what happens though, Rick. Are they, are you tell are they telling? Is the committee telling us that Alabama now is at number five and they would move up into the top four if one of those four teams lost, I or think, or yeah. would a team like Georgia, who's now sitting at number six, would they leapfrog Alabama if say they beat Auburn? Um, or would Ohio State sneak back in there? Could Miami? In other words, is Alabama? Are you still convinced that Alabama could get in there? They're number five as long as one of the top four teams loses. I'm not so sure yet. They could get in. Let's just. I mean, it, it, to me, it doesn't matter. The SEC. Whoever wins it is in, um, and whoever loses it is out. Georgia or Auburn, in my opinion. I agree. I agree. So the idea that, you know, I mean, Auburn then would have three losses, even though they beat Alabama sitting there with one, you know, you would rank Alabama higher than Auburn. Um, where where no one – the team that no one's talking about, though, if you want to look for two lost teams that might have a conference championship that, that have a better resume in some respects, how about USC? Yeah. How about which Southern is at, Cal? Which is at number 10. They're actually behind Penn State. Yeah, and that the, doesn't make any sense to me, but – um, it's gonna get it's gonna get ugly, and and Ohio State's gonna be in the conversation, and and uh, I'm not sure they should be, um, but they're gonna be, and, and Penn State fans gonna go, hey hey hey, wait whoa, wait a minute, what what'd you tell us last year? Penn you know? State has two really good losses. If you count losses, Penn State has two really good losses. They lost by one at Ohio State, and they lost by three at Michigan State. Two right. pretty good football teams. They've lost by a total of four points. My thing is, though, you have two losses and you don't win your conference, you you can't get in. So, uh, I mean, Ohio, the, the, the excuse I'm for Ohio if they, State. If, yeah, right. If Ohio if State won, if Ohio State wins out, uh, or if they win the game on on Saturday you think they're Wisconsin, in? I think they got a chance. But is that the uh, same exact although, situation as Penn State, is it not? Well, as, as it was a year ago where they were the conference champion. And it's hard to, to look at a – that they gave up whatever fifty five to Iowa just got absolutely destroyed and didn't even come close to beating Oklahoma either, and they would get. I thought last week's the, the Auburn Alabama game really hurt Ohio State. Here's what I come back to, Rick. If if everybody if if Wisconsin were to lose, that but that's obviously the, the game that it's all coming down to. It's the Wisconsin. Sure, game. The winner of the ACC game gets in Clemson or absolutely. Miami. Yep. The winner of the SEC game gets in Auburn and and Georgia. I'm assuming Oklahoma's going to win. I don't think TCU will get back in there, but let's say Oklahoma wins. Then it's all going to come down to the Wisconsin game. Wisconsin wins their in. If they lose, I put Alabama at number Bedlam. four, Rick. And, and the reason I do would put Alabama in there is because I don't know that there's a team in the country, if you were to play Alabama on a neutral site, they would be 
that Alabama would be the underdog. They would be favored to beat every team in the country with the mm. possible exception of Auburn, which just beat them at Auburn. I suppose that's true. I don't think it's a great Alabama team, even though they have a great record. Um, I agree with that. Too. I think their defense is not nearly what it, what it has been in the past. And offensively, they've been challenged a long time because the quarterback is somewhat limited. He's a better runner than he is a thrower, even though you know he, he had a nice game. Uh, last year in the national championship game. And the thing about Alabama now, you have to say, even though when they played them at the time, they were the number two ranked team in the country and DeAndre Francois was not hurt until the third quarter. But show me the quality wins that Alabama has had. You make a good point. It's a, it's a, it's a fair point because they beat, what, Mississippi State? was, was Florida uh, State was Florida State. Well, that's now. the game that killed them because Florida it's State not their was fault. To be, it's not no. their fault. They tried to they do hurt the, the right it thing. It is their fault. They hurt the quarterback, but it's <laughs> well, not their true. fault. They tried to do the right thing by scheduling a really good non-conference opponent, which a lot of teams don't do. And right. and they had no idea that Florida State was going to be. But as their bad. strength of their strength of wins is not is not anything. Is it? No. So so okay. So who would you put in there? Let's say that. Let's say Wisconsin loses. Let's say they lose that game to Ohio State in a mm-hmm. regular game. Let's say Ohio State doesn't destroy Wisconsin. It's not like a, yeah. a fifty-five to ten game, but it's your typical, you know, you know, twenty-eight, twenty game 28. or something like that. Yeah, yeah. just a regular yeah. game. Um, so then Clemson's in, Auburn's in, Oklahoma's in. Who's who's your number four team? Is it? I mean, Georgia would be out at that point. Miami would be out at that point. So you would think. Other words, I, I'm hearing you say that you'd maybe think about Southern Cal. I mean, I. I if you're looking for a two-loss team that's a champion, mm-hmm. that has quality wins um, over ranked opponents, more ranked opponents than than Alabama, it's USC. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know it's going to go that way. I, I'm just saying I don't know why no one's talking about them. Um, if you did a blind draw and you said, okay, you know, two-loss teams, check. Mm-hmm. Uh, conference champion versus non-conference, no conference championship, check. Right. Ranked ranked victories over ranked opponents, check. And you revealed who the team was, it would surprise you. Right. You well, know? their argument would be not so much again. I, I agree with you. Maybe they could, do get the nod over Alabama. Would they get the nod over Ohio State? Because Ohio State, you're basically well, talking about the same team. Yeah, that's the you same know, two team. Two-loss conference champion. And Ohio right. State's best win is probably Penn but State, man, which is a pretty good team. I'm Penn State. I'm marching. <laughs> Marching to Kansas City or wherever the hell the NCAA is. Well, this is two know. years in a row, though. Penn State kind of screwed themselves. Don't lose the you know last they year. Did. Don't lose the pit, and don't or, and, and don't get killed by Michigan. But the main thing, don't lose the pit. And then this year, you, you you know you can't blow a big lead against Ohio State. They win that game against Ohio State. They're in this thing. You know, they're, and personally, they're playing I'm Wisconsin ex- on Saturday. Yeah, personally, I mean, I I would be excited because I think um, there's a good chance Penn State comes to the Outback Bowl where they get a third place team in the Big Ten. Usually, so if one yeah. if the if a Big Ten team goes to the national title game, say it's Wisconsin, you could have Ohio State would be, then be in the what Citrus Bowl. Well, they yeah either that or they could end up going to one of those New Year's Day games or whatever Peach Bowl type of thing or whatever. Ah, uh, that's uh, true too. Yeah. yeah. So I Maybe mean, we'll we're, get we, Michigan and my boy Jim Harbaugh come down. Well, you know what the you know the team I keep seeing is Michigan State. Michigan State could end up coming here. Michigan State, Mississippi State. That oh, was the they, matchup I yeah, saw. Yeah, they they beat. Uh, wow, where really? Yeah. Yeah. Boy. 
There's no, no <laughs> doubt. No, less excited about the outback hey, ball, right? Hey, they did it again, man. <laughs> I was just, I don't I'm telling you, Jim McVeigh, he does it every year. He just, I'd it's say amazing. He's, I can't, can't believe it. Uh, hey, finally, Rick, the Lightning, they beat the uh, Buffalo Sabres 2 to nothing. They snap a two-game losing streak. They played all right. I didn't think they played great against the Sabres. Um, Sabres are hard to I'm, play, though. Yeah, well, I'm going to take something back. I said at the quarter pole of the season that Steven Stamkos was their team MVP. Clearly, it's Andre Vasilevsky. Thank right? you. <laughs> I'm coming over to the dark what, side. That's what wasn't you, that's I what the one that was on the Vasilevsky yes. uh, MVP bandwagon? Uh, you thought yes. it was? I thought Kucherov was your. your guy. Well, no, I, I actually think uh, you know I think Kucherov's a fabulous player, but I thought Stamkos, the return of Stamkos and him being as healthy as he's been, uh, yeah. surprised me. I didn't think he would be. Steven Stamkos again until like Christmas time, but he right out of the gate Knock was ready wood, to play. Yeah. yeah. And he was, no, he's been sensational, but Vasilevsky is a guy that that's a game that easily, the Buffalo game on Tuesday night easily could have gotten away from them. And he's so calm and so cool in that. And there's yeah. a, it, there's, there's no doubt this guy's an elite goaltender. I, I don't care what his goals against is at the end of the year. Yeah, I don't care stud. what his safe. He's he's a he's a, a brilliant player. And how about Sergachev with another goal? Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's the thing. I mean, you know, there I mean this was a this was an ugly type game. I mean, I think, you know, Buffalo tried to, you know, play their style, which is to keep a low scoring game and yeah, they he yeah. stopped everything and, and they, you know, I I'm impressed. I mean, to me, you know, goaltending is such a big thing, obviously, but and and the scoring is going to come from all four lines. I mean, that's the beauty of it. And um, they got you know they got goals tonight from two guys you normally wouldn't expect it. But um, yeah, this Lightning team they needed this win. And, and Vasilevsky's has not lost in Buffalo in his career. Um, you know, he gets his first second, shot out of his, his career. First was shot there, ever yeah. was there. He gets yeah. his second shot out of the year tonight with thirty four save or Tuesday night with thirty four saves. So I mean. The guy is, you know, the only question is, will he wear down? I mean, to me, you it's know, a, it's is, a I, know he's, I know he's a young guy, um, and I know he can. I know you want to ride the horse, right? I mean, that's that's what you do. But you're not gonna you're not gonna know what the residual of that is until you get into the postseason. <laughs> until the, you get to until the most important time of the year. You're absolutely yeah, Stanley right. Stanley Cup Finals. If you get there, you know. Oh, yeah, now he's tired. You know. There, there are certain guys who were able to do it. Marty Brodeur was a guy that used to be able to play. You know, close to seventy games in a season. So we've seen it before. But you're right, Rick. He's never done it. We don't know how he'll react to it. And he's he's a different body type than a Marty Brodeur. You know, Marty Brodeur is a little smaller, big guy like Vasilevsky. Um, he appears now, to be in great shape, obviously. But uh, on on the other hand, could it be that the Lightning, which has the most points in the NHL, are thinking to themselves, "Let's go ahead and wrap this up early." Yeah. And you know, when we know we we have you know clinched the division cushion, or yeah. a high, you know, we we can then you know take take our foot off the gas a little bit and and rest him before we get to the postseason. That that could be a strategy as well. That could be, and I. But I think right now John Cooper's looking at this things like let's just try to let's truly, truly take this cliche oh, one game at a time. You know, let's he's just try going. To win nah, he's tomorrow. going. He's yeah. He's going to the whip on Secretariat, man. <laughs> he wants to win he, the Belmont by twenty lengths. <laughs> well, that's I'm because they. You. That's because last year they laid back and they ended up that's losing right. by twenty lengths. Yeah, and, and their late run uh, didn't help them. So, uh, thanks for listening, everyone. Subscribe to us on iTunes wherever you get your podcast. You can find us on Twitter. 
The podcast Twitter handle is at Rick Tom Podcast at NFL. Stroud is Rick's Twitter handle, and mine is at Tom W. Jones. Once again, our thanks to our producer, Steve Verstick. Have a great day. Next time we talk to you, it'll be after Jameis Winston has thrown. We'll have a better idea whether he'll be able to play on Sunday in Green Bay. Until then, take care, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.